You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. It's a we're on an early, early morning this this morning for the podcast. Has the caffeine kicked in? Oh well, I didn't sleep much last night, and I'm actually having a caffeinated coffee, which for me is rare. Which so which means everybody better hold on. <laughs> the neighbors. the unfiltered version of just today. No, no, I literally just drank it. It's going to be people in an hour who have to deal with me. Oh, okay. Where I'm like, let's do this. We can build an airplane. I can improve upon airplane. I can airplanes. fly the airplane. <laughs> That's my dream. Uh, I have some exciting stuff to announce today starting with a contest that we're running over on Instagram. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Mask and Masturbate. If, do I know about Instagram? <laughs> yes. Instagram yes. is a social media platform <laughs> where you can post your photos. <laughs> and it's worth billions of dollars. What? what it's is actually it? part of the metaverse. <laughs> don't mess around. I'm venturing down the rabbit hole. Okay. All right. So I'm running a contest called Mask and Masturbate in partnership with Consonant. And Consonant on Instagram is Consonant Life. They are, uh, they were started locally, I believe, here in Canada. They are a queer-owned brand. My mom has been shopping at Consonant for a while, which I have to say is the greatest testament to their products because my mom, her skin is healthy, her body's healthy. My mom turned 71 this week. Am I allowed to say that? You are. And you know what? I love Consonant. There was that video where the gentleman, the gentleman in the partnership was secretly taking all of the products and using them and the and the other partner was kind of like, where's all my stuff going? Oh yeah. So it was like I have my creams and then I'm wondering why it's running it out and it running out and it's because Brandon uses like eight pumps a night. Wait, these these bags under the eyes aren't gonna fix themselves, right. let's just say. So they make skincare products, natural, um, really beautiful stuff, everything from lip serums to facial creams to body wash. And my mom has been buying me consonant for I want to say like it feels like a decade. I'm not sure how long they've been around, but she's a huge fan of the brand and she would always put it in my stocking at Christmas or just buy it for me because if nobody buys me face cream, I'm never going to buy face cream. She she gets it for you because it comes in also very cute bottles. Yes, and but not kitschy. It's not the, kitschy, the packaging no. is almost like I don't know, scientific. No, my mom really likes their products <laughs> and she looks amazing. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, my mom came over yesterday to drop off food for me for her birthday. For her birthday. For her birthday. It was she her birthday us. and I bought her nothing and she brought me a bunch a bag of two bags of food. Yeah, and she brought me a big bag of dried mango. But That's my gonna, jam. But we're going to celebrate uh, tomorrow. Is it yes. tomorrow? Actually, yeah, yeah we're going to be celebrating with my mom uh, out. If you're in the, if, if you're familiar with Niagara on the Lake, folks, which is really a cute area full of wineries, we're going to Pearl Morissette, which has a pretty cool dining menu. Very mm. special. Anyhow, one Pinkies of the highlights. Up. Pinkies Nobody up. cares about my food. All right, so we've got this amazing contest, Mask and Masturbate. So head on over to my Instagram, Sex with Dr. Jess. Make sure you are following following Consonant Life as well. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge, huge fan of their products. I use all of them. I use their serum. And it's funny because I got a message on Instagram this week asking for beauty tips. And I don't think I'm a great person for beauty tips. Like I only know how to do my makeup one way. I barely ever do my hair properly. I only do it for the front of the camera because we like shoot from home. So I just tease it up. But uh, one thing I do use for my skin is Consonant. I use their body wash. I use their face wash. I use their 
creams. I use their sunscreen. I use basically what they send me <laughs> and what my mom buys me. One day I'll have to pay for my products myself. I mean, I do through my mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure your mom pays for the products, so don't worry. Oh, yeah. It's not a five-finger discount <laughs> for my mom. My mom's, my mom's like the best. So uh, please go enter that contest for sure over on Instagram, Sex with Dr. Jess. And we've got a whole bunch of questions to talk about today. Uh, we don't have a ton, a ton of time, so we'll get through what we can. And the first one relates to fart fetishes. And this person is a a listener, thank you so much for listening, by the way, who has emailed me multiple times, I'm pretty sure I recognize the name, and I think was feeling a little frustrated that I've been ignoring the fart fetish question. Honestly, sometimes I just forget what's what's on the roster and then sometimes it's just not my area of deep expertise and so I don't know where to go but I do want to obviously address all of your questions and get to them Um, so I'm sorry that it's taken me a while and so I'll just talk a little bit about fart fetishism as someone who was kind of raised to be quite embarrassed by farts for a couple of reasons first of all my parents never even said the word fart like they use this word dappy which I don't know if it's Jamaican I don't know if it was some sort of Chinese like I don't know it was my dad who always said it, and he's white, so I don't know like how they were avoiding the word fart, but they definitely thought fart was a bad word. Yet there was so much farting happening in my house, so it was quite a dissonance there. <laughs> Brendan knows. Sorry. Like living, yes, living with your father, I know that <laughs> farting is normal. And you know what? I know we're not supposed to laugh about it because it is a normal function. But it's also okay okay to laugh if it's your natural reaction. Like, I don't want to make anybody feel badly. In fact, I really want to dive into fart fetishism. So fart fetishism is called, and let me get this right, eproctophilia. And basically involves being sexually aroused by by farting, by flatulence. It might be the sound. It might be the feeling. It might be the smell. Uh, You might like to hear farts. You might like to watch somebody fart. Like I was talking to one person who said that he likes kind of the face their partner makes. I'm like all secretive about it. You won't know if I'm farting. (laughs) Is it a fart? Is it a shart? (laughs) What is it Um, based on their face? You might like to be farted on. You might like to fart on others. And with every fetish, with every turn on, the number one message is that we need to normalize. Like whatever you're into, you're into. And we don't need an explanation, but I do know that uh, most folks out there, especially, you know, with our listenership are beyond 101 and they do, um, they are interested in the why of things. And the why, of course, is not universal, but I was kind of thinking about it and looking into what research I know around fetishes and especially around turn-ons that uh, may be subversive and that may be associated with experiences that actually tend to be framed as turn-offs, right? Like many people will consider a fart a turn-off, but some people consider it a turn-on. And I actually think that's so cool. And I was thinking about how as arousal levels heighten, your instincts start to change. So your disgust instincts actually become less sharp and you no longer respond as strongly with disgust. So we've had experiments, for example, um, when we at when not we I act like I'm in the science lab when scientists researchers ask somebody to pick up like a dirty tissue. The more aroused they are, the more inclined they they are to do something that might otherwise be off-putting. So this altered state of perception during high arousal allows you to engage sexually pleasurably with objects or experiences that you might normally find off-putting so like farting sounds or smells so this the taboo element I guess of this theory explaining it falls in line with 
you know, dominant cultural messages about sex, that it's dirty, that it's naughty, that it's shameful. And I I think it's really cool that farting might be one outlet through which we reconcile the conflict between our experience of sexual pleasure and negative sexual messages. And this kind of makes sense because we think about like farting growing up, it was kind of associated with humor, with embarrassment, even with repression and shame. And so you're using something and subverting it into something pleasurable, right? All of those feelings, whether you feel like something's funny or you feel embarrassed or you feel repressed or you experience shame, they can be turned into turn ons. Like just how we understand pain can be erotic and submission can be erotic and even humiliation and degradation for so many of us can be erotic. The subversive element of farting can also be erotic. And I just think, um, I, I hope that I'm paying you know, credence and respect to this topic and reminding people that the first thing we can do is kind of normalize and reassure that this is cool. Like whatever you're into, be into. Uh, and I know a lot of people who like the smell of their own farts, even if they don't find it erotic, it's something that it's your own and it's something that's kind of comforting. I think I could introduce you to about 50 young men growing up with me who enjoyed the smell of their own farts. Oh, okay. Okay. Dude, people joke around with they're like, oh, you like you like your own brew? And it's like, clearly you do because you're leaving it everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that we live in a culture where it isn't normal to fart all the time. But I remember my um, aunt, or it's like a cousin, everyone's my cousin or my aunt, uh, was doing Ayurvedic medicine. And she was talking about, I think, seven bodily functions that you shouldn't ever repress. So, and I'm not going to get them all, but I think it's like farting, burping, crying, yawning, um, and I, I don't know the rest of them. But it makes sense. Like these, this is a natural bodily function. We've created something in terms of the association of disgust that maybe isn't necessary. So I was thinking about, you know, folks, if you do, if you do like farting, can you normalize and reassure partners that it's okay when they fart? I also wonder, though, is it kind of contextual, right? Like because sometimes it's not meant to be arousing, right? Like for the no, person who course. does enjoy it, you know, there are times when you're doing it and you don't want and, and it, you're not taking any pleasure out of it, perhaps. That's, kind of, that's that's a great point. Yeah, because anything that we're turned on by, it is within context. Like I might be turned on by breasts, but I'm not turned on by somebody breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we choose to sexualize objects or body parts or experiences, and it can be subjective according to context. But I was thinking like, if you want to open up about it, um, can you just start by kind of complimenting your partner? Like you might tell them like, you know, I think it's cute when you fart. Or I'm glad we feel comfortable. Like just starting with that language to to gauge their reaction and also to create that normalization that's required in a culture that has made farting so bad. So, you know, asking what they think, complimenting them. Um, and then hopefully, you know, you, you get to a place and maybe it's right away, maybe it's not, sharing that like, you know, I kind of like that. And it's so interesting to me. So I don't like uh, personally, like I'm, I guess I don't, I'm very sensitive to smells. You know that. Very, very sensitive to smells. And so it's not that I like the smell of farts, but if you told me you were into it, I'll be honest, like I'd giggle a little, but if you're into something, I'd be like, I'm just so fascinated to explore. Like I want to remain curious. And I think that's what's so important here is that we remain curious for our partners. And so I hope this beginning of a discussion, like it's not a super deep dive, but I hope that that feels good for the person who wrote this. I want to thank you for sending your comments in. Yeah, it's actually, it's a really interesting, something I hadn't thought of before, somebody taking, like finding it erotic. Yeah, and I wonder, because this person had said that they'd emailed me about it multiple times. I don't know if I saw the emails, but I also am like, did I ignore this on purpose? Like, 
Mm -hmm. Is there a subconscious thing where I'm like, well, I don't know enough about this or I'm uncomfortable with this, so I need to dive a little deeper. And we always know that anything that makes you uncomfortable is the stuff that like where the magic happens around sex, right? If if something turns you off right away, you might want to ask yourself why. Like that repression, that shame can be turned into something super exciting. And um, folks, if you do have a fart fetish, please, please send me your audio files so I can play it. Not your files of farting, although that's okay too, but more like your perspective. I'm super curious to learn from you. I'd be curious to know how you incorporated in with your partner because of the social... I mean, listen, I was much the same growing up. There was a shame around it happening. It was funny. Mm-hmm. So the idea of how did you incorporate that into your into your relationship mm-hmm. and make it something that was erotic? Because, I mean, I'm sitting here comment or thinking how I'm, I'm laughing. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the truth is I'm, I'm finding it humorous and I'm trying not to make a joke about passing gas. But it's probably because we've made it something that's funny. It's something that's accidental, something that you're supposed to be kind of disgusted by because of the odor. Mm-hmm. Right. Forgetting that people do. I mean, that may be something that turns them on. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious, genuinely, how did you how do you incorporate that or how did you initiate that conversation and get it incorporated into your relationship? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting here laughing, thinking, you know, you're in bed one day and you're like, hey, girl, I got something under the covers for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a Dutch oven. <laughs> Come on under. Right. Know? I think it's okay to have fun with it too. Right. Like I listen, I, I want to be really clear. It's okay if you're whatever your reaction is, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like laughing, if you feel like giggling, as long as you're not shaming somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that we have to be a little more mindful around such taboo conversations because there is so much more shame. Right. So like we can laugh about things that are part of the dominant culture, but we have to just be a bit more mindful about the fact that not, you know, maybe this person is tired of people just laughing about it. I could see it being one of those things that really cuts the (laughs) sorry, I shouldn't use the word cuts the tension, but that almost does alleviate some of that tension. And then that being, you know, when it happens, somebody farting Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, kind of playing with it and then having a bit of fun with it. Yeah. And it taking the edge off an otherwise serious situation. Yeah. And humanizing, right? Like once you've done it, I was thinking about this because everyone's always afraid of like farting. People are worried about queefs, like the air that comes out of the vagina and makes a sound like a like a fart. And but like once it happens, you're like, you don't care. Because guess what? It happened and you're fine and you're still super turned on and maybe you're turned on by it. Maybe you feel neutral toward it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to embrace every single thing. But I'm I'm thankful. I'm glad a great we're, question. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, all right. So we've got so many questions. Um, this one is along, I guess, a similar lines in that this person says they're worried that their new boyfriend associates pain with pleasure. Uh, you know, he says it's healthy, but she's Googled it and says she's kind of got a mixed response and she's worried, like, what does that mean? And I mean, I'll just say embracing some erotic pain during sex. It's just very common. Um, rough sex kind of allows you to explore the more carnal component mm-hmm. of of sexual desire. And like, I think it has to do for many of us with seeding to your more animalistic desires and kind of defying these cultural taboos that inhibit raw sensuality, right? Like you give, you create this space that gives, you know, where where control gives way to to passion and you can just explore the primal side. And I think most of us have experimented with some light, rough play in the bedroom. I know many people have experimented with with much more, Um, like whether it's pinching nipples or nibbling on earlobes or spankings or even deep penetration that can feel a little bit intense. And again, just like we were talking about with farting, uh, as you become more aroused, the endorphin release can increase your pain threshold. Your pain threshold can actually double right before 
orgasms. So if you're new to playing with pain, you probably want to get really riled up first. Um, anyone with a vagina who has penetrative sex will tell you this, that like if you penetrate, for many people, not everyone, but if you penetrate really deeply in the beginning, it can be really uncomfortable against the cervix. And then the more turned on you get, the more it's like, oh yeah, like actually hitting that spot can feel really good. Um, so, you know, if you if, if you won't, I guess the question was really like, is it okay? Yeah, it's healthy. Anything people are into that's consensual and doesn't cause harm is is healthy and it's, you know, risk aware. Uh, and if you want to understand why pain is so closely connected to pleasure, there, there are so many different reasons, right? So your body releases hormones, including endorphins in response to pain. And these are the same hormones that surge during sexual pleasure and promote bonding between lovers. So those neurochemically, the experiences can be very similar. Um, we know that pain-related adrenaline and dopamine release can create a natural high that allows you to experience pain in different ways. And the spikes in serotonin um, and epinephrine levels are believed to produce this like jolt of pleasure. So these natural bodily reactions to pain might explain why, you know, rough sex has always existed. Like we've seen depictions of rough sex dating back to ancient civilizations, um, just kind of evidence that pain and pleasure have always overlapped. And then there's the piece around the forbidden and the taboo creating that connection because sex can really be a form of escape from reality, right? And that's part of its appeal. Uh, so, you know, if your lifestyle or your relationship is really stable or predictable, you might be drawn to escape from this reality by incorporating more kind of subversive elements, whether it be pain or farting or anything you're into uh, when it comes to sex. And then the other piece is that we hear from so many people who play with pain to create feelings of pleasure, to kind of rewrite scripts with regard to pain. So like if you've experienced pain in your past, you probably consider it like bad form of pain. But when you use pain as a source of pleasure, you can create like a new type of pain, a good pain, and the ability to kind of differentiate between the two can help you to better understand the bad pain. And like for many people, that's a processing of trauma. And it's part of reclaiming different types of pain as sources of pleasure. I could see the person though, if, the, if you're getting into a relationship and somebody immediately comes in and says, I'm, you know, I associate pain and pleasure and being somewhat uncomfortable because you're unsure as to what that entails, right? If that was the, if that was part of the question too. Like if, if you were to say in this relationship, you know, I'm really into um, you know, pain during, like I enjoy pain during sex. I enjoy, you know, playing with that. I might be a little bit intimidated at first. I mm -hmm. might say, oh my God, like, what do you mean? Like, what is pain? Are you going to do something? So I think it, it also comes down to that communication element where it's like communicating to your partner. What do you mean? Do you mean I personally enjoy pain? I Do I enjoy giving it? Do I enjoy receiving it? Because um, that might be something that would intimidate me if we started you know, if we were just getting into a relationship and you said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why we keep having these conversations and encourage people to take whatever they're hearing here and whether you agree or disagree or you find something appealing or off-putting, have conversations like mm -hmm. with your friends, with anyone in your life with whom you have consensual conversations <laughs> around sex um, to explore all these different concepts. Then you can kind of remain more curious about it and not go to that worst case scenario. Right. Because I guess if let's say you've never experimented with pain and someone says it, you might think like, oh, that means that it's going to be severe. Well, also, what's your you know, what's your exposure to it? Because if all you've ever seen is what you see on in law a movie and or yeah, Law and Order or, or a television we're, show. We're rewatching Law yeah, and Order right which, now. Like from the early 2000s. <laughs> um, you're welcome good to thing, all the listeners. Good thing we don't have kids because they're like, my parents are losers. <laughs> <The> losers. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't even know where we're going, but I, I think it's just about, you know, having an understanding with your partner about yeah. what are your expectations around that. Because and cu curiosity. 
Like, I think that that's actually one thing I really like about you is that you remain really curious about things. Like you have such an open mind to learning more. I know that I can be impatient and I just want to like download the information, but you're like enjoying the process and Does asking it seem questions. That way? Does it? Does it seem like <laughs> I'm enjoying the process? Because well, one thing about you, and I think I'm sure I've said this before, is that no matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter what you read, what course you take, what podcast you listen to, you always find the nuggets of information and like your first I'm always digging for nuggets let me tell you (laughs) the first um thing you always say is like yeah I took something out of that I learned something there whereas I can be kind of impatient like if there's 20 minutes and I only took something out of one minute I'll complain and be like oh I didn't need all that but you're very much focused on what you got out of it what you learned like you're you've got that learner's mindset well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm <laughs> glad I come across as though I'm always lo- digging for nuggets. Digging for nuggets. Also a kink, which is perfectly fine. All right, before we next get to the next question, I wanted to announce, I said at a couple announcements, I have a new program coming out and it is called Master Your Relationship in 30 Days. And I have partnered with Coach Sonia from the Coach Sonia Academy for this one. Sonia Zabartani. And we are doing a a 30-day program that I'm really excited about. It's really about passion and pleasure and love and fulfillment. So anyone who's kind of either struggling with boredom in the bedroom or a lack of passion or just really anyone who wants to take control and put effort into their relationship, that's what we're going to do in this four-week course. And it is Wednesday nights starting in January, just kind of this way to reset in the new year and invest in your relationship. Uh, It's Wednesday nights on Zoom for three weeks. And then in the fourth week, uh, we'll still meet on Zoom. But if you can make it to Montreal, we're going to be doing an event in Montreal as well. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited for it because we've got these sections, you know, working on your relationship mindset and uncovering your relational values the first week um, so that you can kind of find balance in your relationships. You can create more harmony. And most importantly, so you can create relationships where you grow, right? And it doesn't have to be intimate relationships. I really want to think about it in the context of all relationships because we know that relationships are the key to mental health. We know that positive relationships are the key to physical health and most importantly, life fulfillment and quality of life. Like the most important thing we have are, have, are, is, I don't know. (laughs) The most important thing we have um, really involves relationships. And then in week two, we dive a little deeper into emotional and relational communication. So how to talk about challenging top sh- topics, how to master communication skills for more connection and intimacy. Uh, and we go over basically conversations for couples, the essential conversations that really, I think, couples, but also friends and people in relationships ought to have um, for long-lasting relationships and kind of lurk- working through the things that trigger us. Um, And then in week three, we move into bedroom mastery. So we dive into your sexual values. We dive into the three F's of communication, help you to kind of figure out what it is you want so you can communicate it to potentially partners. And then in week four, we have this live event where we're going to talk about how to ignite the spark and keep it burning. And I'm going to go over all these tips and techniques. And if you can make it to Montreal, that's fabulous. If not, we'll still be doing it online and we're sending you a bunch of goodies a bunch of freebies. You get uh, a couple of my online courses for free come with this course. And uh, also, if you register this week, you have to email me because we did this promo last night, but uh, you could be listening to this anytime. But if you do register right away, I'm going to send you my book for free as well. So we're going to link that in the show notes, or you can find it at coachsoniaacademy.com. And I'll also be sticking it on my Instagram and in all of my uh, uh, links there. Great time to start and refresh new year. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think it's pretty reasonable in terms of cost. So right now it's $249. Okay. And, uh, you know, when we think about what it costs to do like one session of therapy, this is just a group, group, I guess, coaching program. And it's something new for me. So I'm, I'm just excited for this format and to, to try it out. So people, please do check it out. If you register this week, please email me so I can also send you a copy of my book. Oh, I didn't mention uh, when we were, because we we're also running this separate giveaway with Consonant. And, uh, I had put it out on my Instagram last week. Like, what do people want me to give away? And I was joking around that nobody wants my book. Everybody wants vibrators. So, of course, everybody, like, to be super kind is like, I want your book. And then people told me all the things they want. One of them wanted a date with Brandon. Some people wanted a double date lifestyle, swinger style with you and me. Um, they wanted – there were believe it or not, so there were two people who, who said they want the soaps and creams that I steal from hotels. Oh my gosh, I've got cases of them. Don't tell people. Cases. No, get out of here. Um, people asked, somebody asked for an Xbox. I think. Is this just an open invitation? Because <laughs> I'm like, I got a list of stuff that I want. You'd like a watch. <laughs> I, you know what? Sure. I'd like um, someone to come and take some of the soaps and um, shampoos. Shut, shut it. Oh <laughs> shut God. your face. For real. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I can send out some of those soaps. It's funny. One of the people who wrote that in, I know through work, um, she's a friend, but somebody else was a stranger. I'm like, I guess they've seen me stealing all the Nespresso Ma pods. Maybe they checked us out at one of the hotels and was like, I'm sorry, you've taken an extra bag out of the hotel and they're we know like, what's in it they're like i'm embarrassed for you i often come home with more than i left with and it's it's really and we don't check luggage so it, no. they all have to fit into a one liter bag brandon it's oh not that gosh, much um, i also take the small ketchup bottles this is no joke brandon uh, i need you to take this ketchup from the uh from the table that we're at at the restaurant no not at the restaurant room service I've taken some at a restaurant once. You mean the little tiny ones, the not tiny like a ones. regular. No, not a regular bottle of ketchup. What's that in your pocket, sir? <laughs> a to-go uh, bottle. Yeah, Listen, the little to-go bottle. let me just say, the other day, one of our neighbors needed some condiments, and I was able to come to the rescue. Oh, that's amazing. So in the last 20 years, <laughs> one time, somebody needed some friggin' ketchup, and we were able to come to the rescue. Listen. You're welcome, Neil. It brings me pleasure. And it, you know what? It's probably more than once, because I was thinking of not Neil. <laughs> It was no? a different was neighbor. It? Was yeah. it different? So you're, you're welcome, neighbors. You're welcome, neighbors. Uh, all right. Call anytime. So please do do check that out in the show notes. Uh, I think it's a good gift to yourself, a gift to a partner. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to to be collaborating with Coach Sonia, who's actually flying in today to do some shoots with me. But Toronto weather, Montreal weather, of course, it's delayed. Delays. So I have more questions here. I'm just trying to choose from. Oh, here's a super simple one. Somebody wants to know how you properly clean your vagina after sex. Um, the thing is, you actually don't need to clean your vagina because it's a self-cleaning oven and it naturally cleans itself using its normal discharge. Uh, you don't want to wash it out because like washing out your vagina on the inside will disrupt the good bacteria and the natural pH that helps to ward off infection. And actually washing inside your vagina can increase the risk of infection. And it actually is associated with creating discharge that um, maybe doesn't smell as good and isn't as healthy. So do not try and wash it out uh, with water or soap. Instead, wash your vulva, like the parts on the outside, using water. And you can use a really mild unscented soap if you'd like, but water alone should really do the trick. Uh, you can separate your lips and wash kind of in between them using your fingers. Um, some people like to kind of just like air dry using their waft, hand. Waft. waft. I'm doing it with my hand. Brandon's describing it. it. Yes. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can go pee after sex to reduce the risk of UTIs uh, because during sex, bacteria can get put kind of into the urethra or near the urethra and peeing after sex can flush it out before it reaches the bladder. So that's a nice and nice and simple one. 
Okay. Oh, I got this like interesting one. Maybe uh, this one is about asking, basically asking me to talk about the embarrassing ways that people masturbate. So I put it out on IG and got a bunch of responses. Um, I mean, I think this is the thing, like it shouldn't be embarrassing. There's no right way to masturbate. You know, I always joke that like climbing the ropes in high school gym class is like the common source for accidental pleasure uh, for young women, for people with vulvas. And it's funny because the crowd always laughs when I make that joke. So I'm like, I know that that's got to be a common experience. I mean, women, you've got that. I mean, I've heard that from you before. I mean, I'm curious to, we, we shame people when you have these sudden moments of arousal. Like I remember in high school that there was a gentleman and he was wrestling and the story goes that he got hard mm-hmm. during a wrestling, like just during a wrestling match with, uh, you know, an, another mm-hmm. another gentleman. But and that doesn't mean that he was aroused. No, no, no. I know it doesn't mean that he was aroused, but it was, an, it was a genuinely awkward moment mm-hmm. that still that everyone focused on. But imagine we can normalize that. Like, but th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like for a woman, you're climbing the ropes and you realize, oh my goodness, this rubbing, this somebody touching here or me t- being touched here arouses me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this young man mm-hmm. accidentally in mm-hmm. that situation, for whatever reason, was aroused and it was a point of so um, he wasn't necessarily aroused, like sexually. Okay. So you're saying he got an erection. He got an erection, yeah. Yeah. And so that can be a sign of arousal, mm-hmm. but it may not of sexual arousal or subjective sexual arousal, but it may not be, hmm. right? Like, haven't you ever gotten an erection when- An NRB, a no reason boner? Yeah, like Absolutely. have you? For no reason, like you're genuinely not turned on. Yeah. And it, I remember it happening more when I was younger. And it's like, why is this happening now? Yeah. it's like, Come on. Maybe it was just trying to find North. It was a compass. It was like, you seem lost in the, it's the Apple Watch. You seem lost in the woods. Let yeah, me show you your way Yeah, that's what it was. It was my internal compass showing me where the lunchroom was. But do you, did you understand that you weren't turned on? I mean, reflecting on it. Well, yes, I under, definitely understood that I wasn't turned on because I remember being frustrated. Like, really? This is happening now? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to get up and walk somewhere and mm-hmm. it's just... And it's touching my knee. And yeah, yeah, sure. That's what it's doing. <laughs> you know, it's it's pointing in a certain direction. And you're kind of like, oh, then you got to put your hand in your pocket and you got to like hold it against your leg. What's the term for when you like tuck it into your belt? There's a term for that. I don't know yeah. what the term is. I, I'd love to know if there is a term. You're literally the person with all the terms. You know, all these weird made I don't up have terms. the penis in the belt tucking term. But it, so you may have been turned on. Like I'm not tell, I don't want to tell people what their experience was. Like, for example, if you're wrestling, um, you and just the rubbing might feel mm-hmm. good. It yep. doesn't mean that you're subjectively aroused in your mind, but the body can. So maybe I need to be careful around language. Like the body is responding mm-hmm. to blood flow to the penis. And so it may be when I guess I should say it may be pleasurable, but it may not be. And so if you have a penis, it's often more discernible. If you have a penis and you wear skinny jeans or gray jogging pants, we're going to see it. If you have a vulva, it's probably not as visible. And, and so yeah, I guess like, uh, you know, you climb the ropes in high school gym class and you're like, hmm, shoot, that feels good. It's kind of sad too that we haven't normalized, you know, just discovering different forms of pleasure and not being embarrassed about it. I actually remember in grade six, there was a girl in my class and there was like this rumor that at a sleepover or maybe it was grade five, she had like humped a pillow and like, I don't know, somebody had woken up and she was grinding against a pillow. And I mean, I didn't understand pleasure as something that was okay. I didn't understand pleasure as something that was natural. Obviously, you don't want to be doing this in a group environment without consent. But I think the idea was that she was doing it in her sleep. But I remember it was like this joke going around. And and I think I remember, honestly, as a kid thinking like, wow, she's she's weird. She's a pervert. But even though I was, I masturbated when I was at home. 
right? Like I may not have used a pillow. I used like a harder surface. <laughs> uh, I used the edge of my radiator, <laughs> like the, the cover. You could choose the most comfortable <laughs> the item in your thing. house. Of course, um, it was the hottest thing. <laughs> Anything to keep Anything me warm. Anything to keep you warm, yeah. So I did get some responses back on IG. Uh, actually, one of them was grinding against furniture. So like sitting on the padded arm of a couch, uh, rubbing your pubic bone against the edge of a bed or chest of drawers. Because when you grind on the outside, you stimulate the clitoral shaft and bulbs underneath. So that was one way somebody said they they masturbate um, other people said humping pillows dogs do it humans do it too um, wrapping your legs around a pillow some people use a rolled up sheet between their legs so I'm talking these are all people with vulvas kind of squeezing your legs together can mm -hmm. feel really good some people do it just watch some people said that they watch hot movie scenes they don't like porn but they like like sex scenes we got a bunch of responses where people say that they masturbate on the toilet like they'll be going pee and then they look down and like a lot of people you'll be going pee you look down and they see something down there they're like oh there's a stray hair I'm gonna pluck it or oh there's this thing I'm gonna take a look at it and then they start rubbing off like sometimes the mood strikes you uh you know after you finish going pee you're going to the bathroom or maybe you're on your phone somebody said that they like to masturbate on the toilet after they've had a bowel movement after they've gone poo because there's mm -hmm. that pressure down there alleviated maybe they're <clears throat> excuse me maybe they're using a bidet Ooh, yeah. We just, <laughs> just came back. back from we a, just came back from, from this hotel with a built-in bidet. Oh my god. <laughs> that was great. Do you want to know what felt good? I'm not I don't think I'm TMI too much, but I like the feeling the oscillating warm water. Yeah, I like the warm water <laughs> being sprayed at me while I was going pee. It felt good cuz I like couldn't tell the difference between the warm water and what was going in and not in, but what was going up and what was going down. Oh, you you did it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Wow, good for you. Can I ask you, because this bidet was so cool, were you sitting to pee? 100%. And the toilet seat was the heated. The toilet seat was warm. I looked forward to peeing in the morning. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to sit down. I wondered if you came in and saw me, if you'd be like, what are you doing? You wouldn't even know what's happening Opening, in the morning. No, I have no idea where I am half the time. Yeah. So, But I 100% sat down. It was great. Other things people said, they use the shower head, they use running water, that makes sense. Um, and there's some toys on the market, by the way, if you don't have like a removable shower head. Uh, there's one called the water slide that you can check out. There's one called the femme fountain. And it, it's interesting because when we think about masturbation, and it's still so stigmatized for so many of us, we do tend to think about what we see in porn, uh, mainstream porn. And I think about like always in porn for people with vaginas, they're like shoving their fingers up there vagina <laughs> or they're using like a big phallic looking toy but there are so many other ways people masturbate so I, I'm actually really appreciate this question and kind of just want to remind folks that it really doesn't matter how you indulge in pleasure or how you reach orgasm whether it's physically or mentally like there's no right way there's no wrong way unfortunately we had Freud who suggested that like certain types of orgasms are more mature and I'm just so glad that we're so far beyond that and those were people sent me physical reasons or physical ways they masturbate but I think that it's so important to also so talk about like what are we doing psychologically mentally emotionally like you can be turned on by risk or challenge or fear or love or romance or safety um, some people like penetration some people like stuff on the outside some people use their fingers some people use toys um, others prefer a penis or a tongue and whatever well I guess you can't really use a tongue if you're uh, masturbating but whatever you do you do you I think it's great just to hear how other people are 
pleasuring themselves because it, it, for me, I start thinking, oh, I hadn't thought about this or, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And now, I mean, maybe you take the time to try that and it just opens up another avenue for pleasure or just another way to kind of explore, which ultimately I think is going to lead to better things. Yeah. And I didn't get as many responses from people with penises about masturbating. Like some people talked about different toys. You were trying the Love Honey Blow Motion the other day. Yeah, we got a sample, so I had to try it. <laughs> it and sucks hard, doesn't it? It, you know, it does if you're not, if you don't have your penis in it. Oh. When you have your penis in it, it's still, it, it just, it's not, it doesn't suck as much. And what I do don't mean? mean that in a bad way. How can you tell how it's sucking it just, if your penis isn't in it? Well, I mean, if you turn it on and just put your finger in it or oh. something like that, if you put your finger in it, you're kind of, you, you would think to yourself, woo, that is sucking in rather aggressively. Well, that's what I did because I don't have a penis. And I then put when, my finger in. When you put your, your penis in it, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel quite as that intense. Oh. So I think somebody might look at it, turn it on and think, oh. oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. Okay. When in reality, when you put your penis inside of it, it's not it's not nearly as aggressive as if you were to just put your finger in it. Oh, so it must sort of to do with size, like my finger is so skinny. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's also, you turn it on, there's, you know, it's making noise, it's, it's sucking in. I mean, I'm kind of explaining this toy. So it's a, it's a, it's a, like a flashlight. No, and it's the love honey blow, it's the motion, blow motion. Real fail masturbator. Sorry about that, <laughs> but but essentially, if you were to it, it it pulls in like there's a suction motion pulling in, and then there's actually a vibration on the inside, and at the very tip of where your penis goes, there's actually it almost to me it feels like there's another vibration hmm. vibrating on the frenulum. Okay. So it it there's multiple pathways to pleasure with the blow motion. Okay. But and it's by Love Honey. And you mentioned Fleshlight. That's another brand. I don't know if they were. I think they might have been like the originators. Sorry, I thought Fleshlight was almost like a generic term. My apologies. No, don't apologize. No, not at all. But, um, and it's not like we, you can talk about anything you want. Like Fleshlight is Fleshlight. Yeah. It's another brand. Um, I'm not. I mean, I I've played with it with people in the past. Um, but I don't know if you've tried a flashlight. Have you tried a flashlight? No, I haven't tried a flashlight before. Okay, so we'll have to get you one. Yeah, but Blow Motion sent that and I tried it. And yeah, it certainly had a number of different ways to, to stimulate. But anyway, kind of getting a little bit oh. off topic just because you were talking no, about that's okay. people with penises who explained how they were masturbating. Yeah, well, actually it's funny because another thing people asked for when I asked them what prizes they wanted um, somebody asked for the ArcWave Ion. They're like, that thing that you and Brandon have talked about. And so the ArcWave Ion is totally different as a stroker because it uses the same technology as the Womanizer toys, mm -hmm. licensed, not stolen, if you know anything about <laughs> the industry here. And it sits over the frenulum, moves over the frenulum. So you stroke, but you're also getting these, you know, little pulse waves of air over the frenulum, which is super, super sensitive. And it has similar receptors in that area to the clitoris. They call them bassinian receptors. Um, so that's another option, the ArcWave Ion. I like that you're so technical about things. I was like, there was this thing and the penis and felt good. No, I, Pleasure. Think, I think people Air. like to hear your perspective. I wish I wasn't a robot, but meet Marp is just the way I am. <laughs> um, I will say that just for, I think it's a couple more weeks, 
Dr. Jess 25 is still valid at tsc.ca. So we, it's today's shopping choice, but we really call it, I still call it the shopping channel. Uh, but tsc.ca, you know that I host their show on City TV, and <clears throat> that's a really deep discount code, 25%, because to save 25% off of these higher-end toys, uh, even on like, sorry, like you'll see the Black Friday deals, they go up to 20, but it's 25%, Dr. Jess 25. Get your orders in now for the holidays, tsc.ca. The full website is tsc.ca. Sorry, the full website is tsc.ca slash intimately you. And I know that's really long, so we'll link it in my bio and in the show notes. I'm sorry, I wasn't coughing. I was actually trying to get you to pay attention that I have been on the show once. People are pretty... Kind of a big deal. Yeah, my mom is very excited that you were on... TSC, Intimately You with playing. Dr. Jess. Uh, you I were... Was on do- I was on Dr. Jess's show. I was. No, you're kidding. Everyone's calling it Brandon's show now. It's a joke. We all know that I have nothing to do with it. Very little. Not this true. This is all your brainchild. My, mo- my mom is just so excited that you are on TV. Like, it's all this whole family <laughs> dynamic is like so wild. Uh, all right. Um, okay. We actually have to stop because I have to run and doing something with global TV right now, but I hope that those, you know, that you took something out of those questions and answers. And obviously there's so much more to add. So please keep sending in your questions and also send in your additions. If you really want to send in additional commentary and insights, please, please head to our website so you can record using, um, the little button there or you can just you know record a voice note on your phone and send it in and we can play it on the podcast nobody wants to do that but i'm begging y'all i'm begging you don't forget folks to head on over to my instagram to enter the mask and masturbate contest because it is full of vibrating goodies my book some amazing products facial products from consonant follow consonant life and if you are looking to buy something for yourself or for someone else please do check out 30 days to master your relationships uh this four-week program i know the language is a little stronger than i usually use but i i think it'll be really valuable to just work your way through this program with like lots of exercises and homework and really just dedicating uh, about an hour and a half or, or two a week for the first four weeks of January to working on your relationships, your values, and figuring out what it is you want. And it's tailored, it's intended to be tailored to, it's tailored to people who are single as well as couples. And you can do it on your own or with a partner. And if there's any way you can make it to Montreal, the live event is January 26th in Montreal. And I'm pretty excited about this this program with Coach Sonia. Great way to start the new year. Investing in yourself, investing in in a, a relationship if you have one. Absolutely. All right. Um, Babe, thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thanks so much, folks, for listening. Wherever you're at, we really hope you're having a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.